Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Just kind of, yeah, slightly nervous, and this is a bit surreal. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So, how did you? Uh, how did you find out to, about the show to begin with? Um, I was playing. No, this is going to sound like such a weird story. Um, I was playing World of Warcraft, and um, I basically met someone through World of Warcraft, and they like a few talks on Ventrello and he thought I might be interested in uh, FDR so he linked me to FDR and then yeah bam cool <laughs> virtual marketing that's really cool <laughs> I, I, yeah. thought, I thought you didn't actually play World of Warcraft. I thought you just lived it. I thought playing it was considered for the week. You actually have to just live it top to, top to bottom. Pretty back. much. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how I was. I mean, I was on my gap year at the time, and my gap year basically consisted of, um, you know, leaving World of Warcraft to eat and then going back to World of Warcraft. So, Sorry, gap year? Is that where you have to wear cargo pants the whole time? What does that mean? <laughs> um, it was the year I didn't apply to university after I finished college and then I took the year off to work but didn't get around to doing a whole lot of work and yeah well basically it was it's the, a gap here is the time between um, college and university if you d defer the placement or just don't go basically right right okay that's just that's cool I mean I didn't go straight to college after high school but uh, I uh, you know I, there was no World of Warcraft back in those days. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, just, uh, we played video games on an Etch-a-Sketch. It was very sad. Yeah. And is this when you developed your exciting sleeping habits? What is it, 3.30 in the morning? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like half three in the morning. Nice. Um, I've kind of always had weird sleeping habits. I mean, pretty much, yeah, pretty much always I've had weird sleeping habits. I say always, I mean, as long as I can remember, like right. certainly my teenage years, I've had a weird sleeping habit. And as I'm, I'm in the holidays, the summer holidays at the moment between uh, university, I'm going into my second year and I, I stayed on at uni um, in my halls of residence for about a month longer than everyone else did. And my uni finished a month after everyone else's. So I basically came home two months after everyone else had been back and there was pretty much no jobs whatsoever available. Oh, so it's man. like... Yeah, empty time. <laughs> That's no good. That is yeah. no good. Um, and so when did you first start listening? Uh, um, I guess it'd be like a year ago, about yeah. around a year ago. Right. Right. So you listened very... to the first one, right, where I say, and now I'm up to 180 podcasts. And you thought, holy crap, that's a lot of podcasts, right? And then you looked at the feed and you went, oh, my God, <laughs> did I ever shut up? <laughs> right. That makes sense. There was a, a few moments of like, well, I've almost listened to all the podcasts. Wait, there's more feeds? And it's like, <laughs> oh my. We've wow. only just begun. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And uh, what uh, I mean, I appreciate the feedback. What was the um, uh, what was the impression? What what did you like with the stuff you didn't like? Just before we get into your other real question, I just you know, curious. Um, I mean, the the first the the main things which grabbed my attention was um, you seemed really kind of intelligent but modest kind of thing, um, mm. which like that really appealed to me, and just the way the way you kind of spoke about things and backed things up and like corrected yourself when you were wrong and that kind of stuff. And then just the way you spoke about your life kind of thing. I was just like, damn, I want that. Like <laughs> I want <Right>. that life. <laughs> right. So right. I want to be yelling at was... people in a car. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it, it, yeah, that was the kind of thing which kind of pulled me in to begin with. Right. Right. And I mean, I found the content just fascinating and it made sense. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, uh, and the reason that, I mean, it's it's a great question that you ask, and, and this is not obviously about donations uh, for you or for anyone else, but it was a great question that you asked, which is, you know, what uh, what uh, what might be people's resistances to donating? And you asked me if I'd done a show on that before, and I, I'm sure I've touched on it uh, yelling at people about T-shirts once, but, but I don't think that uh, uh, I don't think that I've done a real show on it. This may not be a real show or anything, but uh, I just wanted to... Uh, uh, to get your thoughts on about it because you've listened for about a year uh, and you know this is not you know to, to nag you or anything I'm, I'm really am genuinely curious because it is a fascinating thing to me um you've listened to, for about a year you've downloaded you know i don't know how, how many podcasts would you say uh 
maybe 800 or so. Right. Okay. So 800. And uh, um, so that's, I mean, that's a lot of, and, and the time investment is, is obviously huge. I know. Now, I, I mean, know. Just Sorry, go in ahead. terms of hours, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of hours listened to and stuff, it's a pretty huge time investment. And what uh, your typical listening scenario, um, I mean, people listen. Uh, I don't think we've had anyone listen while they're shagging, but we do have people listen <laughs> while they play video games or they go to the gym or whatever. Some people listen at work if they have jobs that don't require uh, too, too much uh, concentration. What's your uh, typical listening? Um, it's kind of changed, really. It began with um, uh, listening while playing games and then listening while painting and listening while cycling oh cool okay cool so yeah a bit of those three right oh and um sorry go ahead i was gonna say and um i i watch uh, true news every now and then during breakfast <laughs> <laughs> that's nice that you know that sounds very close to vaguely professional <laughs> you know like i'll flip on the news it's like wait i just see some guy yelling in a room right okay <laughs> All right. Interesting. Um, okay. So, I mean, and, and people don't sort of sit and stare at the computer and listen. It's usually while some, something else is going on. But, but obviously, it's a, it's a big investment and it's a big displacement of other things you could be listening to or doing or whatever, right? So, um, uh, and of course, I didn't request or, or – no, actually, sorry. Later, I did add in the donation request, but I didn't take requests for the first, I don't know, year or so of the show or the year I was doing this kind of stuff. Maybe a year and a half, I think. Anyway, it was a while before I started taking donations because I just did it sort of for funsies and then it turned into this weird kind of job or whatever, right? And yeah. uh, so um, when you would hear the donation requests, right? Uh, I mean, obviously, when you first start listening, you know, like, oh, I actually have had people say, I listened to a podcast of yours. I didn't like it. Here's 50 cents. Right? I mean, I, you, you get, I just think, you know, it's like, that's actually more annoying than beneficial. People are like... PayPal takes like 30 cents of that and then I have to manage and report it for my income or whatever, right? So that to me has just been kind of annoying. And it's not, not common, but it does sort of happen. Someone less, ah, I listened to four podcasts. I didn't like it. Here's two bucks. You know? <laughs> it's like when I was a waiter and people would leave me like a 25 pence tip. It's like, I think I get the message. <laughs> you know, I'd rather you leave no tip and then I think you just forgot rather than leave a crappy tip and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. um, so you, you'd hear these donation requests, and what uh, I mean, what would your would your thoughts be? And obviously, early on, it was like, yeah, 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 you know, let's just keep listening and see if we like it. But as, as time goes on, what was your what were your thoughts about about those uh, donation requests? And I appreciate you talking about this. I hope you don't feel I'm badgering you. I'm just really curious. Yeah, um, it's strange. I mean, to begin with, it was kind of like, yeah, that's an interesting idea, kind of having podcasts and having donations, and then. Um, it's weird. I mean, a lot of the time it didn't feel like you were talking to me, if that makes sense. Go on. Like, um... Because, you know, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't mean to shock you, but this is the first time we've... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, um... the the in a, in a weird sense, I found the podcasts to be really kind of not personal, but highly personal. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Hmm... No. Like, obviously, I got that you were kind of, like, driving to work in a car and talking kind of thing. So, in that sense, you're not exactly directly talking to a random guy that lives in England. But yeah. it it did kind of have the, um, like, a personal conversational tone to it. Right, right. No, and I, I certainly tried not to be declamatory or, you know, full of oratorial, oratorical nonsense yeah. or whatever. But tried to be sort of straight and frank about what it is that I'm talking about. Mm. So, I mean, it kind of um, sounds really odd, but I mean, it was kind of like listening to a friend kind of thing. Right. I appreciate that. Uh, and so, uh, um, go on. Oh, so like if a friend said, uh, if a friend was doing a show and they were asking for donations, you wouldn't think that that friend was talking to you, but to everyone else who wasn't your friend. Is that what you mean? Yeah, kind of like that. Right. It's. It just sounds really bizarre, or at least it does to me. I'm not. No, it really doesn't. You know, I and I really, really do appreciate you talking about this. It really doesn't sound bizarre at all to me. I just think it's 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 completely fascinating. So, I mean, I have a million questions, but but I'd like you to go on if 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 that's all right. Yeah. Um. I mean, listening to, yeah. I mean, when I'd listen to podcasts and the the 
um, like donation stuff would come up. It it wasn't kind of it wasn't like disassociation, but it just didn't. It yeah, it just lost the kind of personal touch, if that makes sense. So was it sort of like um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of an analogy, and and these may or may not work. So forgive me if I just completely shoot and miss, but. Is it sort of like uh, a friend comes to 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 drop you off at the airport and then they want twenty bucks? Mm, sort of. Okay, well, tell me what fits or what doesn't fit about that, because because it is really uh, of great interest to me. I guess. Um, I'm just trying to make sense of it slightly in my head. Um, that's interesting. That's not the format of the show, as you well know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess just to kind of change the metaphor slightly, it's kind of um, if you're in a taxi with um, hmm, this might actually be a semi-coherent metaphor for once. I, <laughs> well, we'll have um, to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, like if you're in a taxi and say there's three people in the taxi and all three of you don't know each other and you're in the front seat talking to the driver kind of thing. When you get to your destination, if you're all going to the same destination and, you know, the taxi guy says time to pay, you you feel like um, like a friend and passenger to the taxi driver rather than a customer. Ah, right, right. That's very interesting. Very interesting. So it's kind of like, yeah, like, you guys should pay kind of thing, and then bye. <laughs> it, if that, the last bit makes sense, or maybe I just killed it in the last few seconds. I'm no, sure. no, I, I, I mean, I, th- I think that makes, uh, uh, I think that makes real sense to me. And uh, the, the way that I would sort of process it, and, and tell me if this makes any sense to you, the way that I would process it is like, the friendliness of the show or the conversational nature of the show and, and of course, the topics of the show, I mean, some of which are very abstract and philosophical and some of which obviously are you know, pretty personal and, and uh, historical yeah. and in the gut. And so the, the general friendliness of the show is, is compelling to listen to, but at the same time, because there is that friendliness, it doesn't feel like a service Does that, or, or a business or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is I'm a really, really, really good prostitute because everybody (laughs) then is like, well, why would I pay you? You're my girlfriend. (laughs) That's what you're saying. I'm like a high class whore. That's good to know because that really is, you know, the business plan day one, become the highest class whore that I conceivably could and make everyone think that I'm the girlfriend. Um, So I was like, why would I give you money? But uh, no, I mean, but but does that sort of so the friendliness is sort of like keeps people listening, but at the same time, then it feels like tipping a friend in a way, right? Or t- tipping a more personal. Like there's the conflict between the personal relationship, in a sense, that that comes out of the conversational tone and the personal topics, such as they are, and then the the monetary thing is is a conflict between that personal uh, tone and and sort of quasi relationship. And again, I'm. I'm I'm just trying to trying to understand. Uh, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm trying to understand what you mean because it's really interesting to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much how it feels. It's yeah, I I still find it just really strange. I mean, as I'm talking to you now, your voice is like mm, familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, of course, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's like even though in a sense it's like like the first time I've met you kind of thing, so to speak, it's, you, you still have one of the most familiar voices of the people that I'm in regular contact with. Chillingly haunting and grating uh, is another way of putting it, <laughs> but I certainly appreciate the way, <laughs> I think your phrasing is, is better. That is interesting. And, and of course, I mean, because I've talked about, uh, you know, thoughts and feelings and history and so on. I mean, you know, a lot more about me than you probably would about most people in your life, which is also, you know, kind of, uh, uh, because that there is that kind of at least one way intimacy in terms of knowing, you know, things about yeah. my past or things about my thoughts that are, are personal and, you know, laugh, cry and blah, blah, blah. That yeah. that also, I think would be an impediment. And I think not a bad one, but a sort of impediment to, um, uh, to, to the sort of financial reality of, you know, running a fairly expensive show of the internet kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. So it's it's like the very the very thing that makes the show successful in terms of its consumption by the listeners makes it harder to to donate for for people, right? Yeah. I think another thing I'm finding is the kind of um, 
like the topic and the content of the show is obviously not restricted to the show itself so that was worded badly um like i have a few friends that <laughs> <Go> I <talk> <laughs> <to>. <laughs> got the space aliens on that's really freaky sorry come on um I, I have a few friends that i talk to about kind of like similar topics and like especially some of the like really kind of like emotional like deep topics kind of thing so it feels kind of similar right that's very interesting so so because i mean i'm it's not so much the the uh, see sometimes i'm eloquent and then there's now but uh <laughs> because there's there's the, the the there's the content of what i'm saying which is obviously i think somewhat interesting and important but there's also the form of what i'm saying which is that kind of openness and, and honesty and, and in a sense stupid fearless vulnerability or whatever and yeah. that kind of communicates itself like a person can communicate in that way and still attract a woman <laughs> right but um, and, and, and communicate you know be open and vulnerable or whatever and and still, you know, be, I guess, an appealing or, or an attractive person or whatever. And so yeah. that kind of behavior, you're saying it kind of, you, you've, I shouldn't say modeled, but you sort of replicated that kind of openness with some of your friends. And so that seems a little bit more like it's in the friend zone rather than yeah. uh, the business. I zone. mean, the the person that introduced me to um, FDR, he's, he's someone that I'm still in like regular contact to, regular contact with. And he's... He's someone that I talk to a lot, in, obviously with the same kind of FDR topics, and we're really kind of like open with each other. So it, mm, <laughs> he's also very, very intelligent. So I kind of have the same, mm, how to phrase it, um, the kind of learning aspect is present as well within the kind of relationship. Oh, like a sort of, um, like there's a friendship side, but there's also a mentoring side kind of thing, like where he's uh, maybe further down the road in, in certain topics than you are? Yeah, definitely. Right, right. Right, okay. And, uh, um, I mean, obviously, I, I would not underestimate your own intelligence. It, it takes a lot of intelligence to follow some of the stuff that I'm putting forward, particularly since I do seem to drop breadcrumbs rather randomly all over the forest at times. <laughs> so, uh um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate that. Uh, but, um, so that's interesting. So then, uh, has, has the thoughts about, uh, donating, have those thoughts about donating, uh, like, can you describe to me sort of, and I, again, I know it's not something that's the central focus of any part of your life, but if you have any sort of memory of, of how it has sort of changed over the past year, if it has changed over the past year to the point where when you pinged me on Skype, that was something that was at the top uh, of your, of your mind, uh, how has it sort of changed over the last a year has it gone through any different kind of phases or anything like that so in in what way do you mean um what starting from before i listened well or... i am uh, not before you listened but but when when the when the thought of donating first occurred right uh, and, and yeah. to, to now where it's become something that you're curious about in yourself which i think is entirely the right thing right approach right because it shouldn't be any sense of obligation it shouldn't be any sense of of have to or duty or anything like that but it is something that is a kind of reciprocity, uh, obviously, that is important. And I think you're taking the entirely wise approach, uh, if that makes any sense. It, it takes the, you're taking the entirely wise approach as to why you're not doing something, which is to be curious about, you know, I wonder why I'm not doing it. So, I mean, obviously, when you first started listening, you didn't have that curiosity because it wasn't even in your mind. But at some point, that's gone through a transition. I was wondering if you could just describe if it's gone through any phases, these thoughts about, uh, about donations for you. Mm. I think, as I said, in the beginning, it was kind of, yeah, it didn't feel that you were talking to me. And then kind of like a while later, I'm not quite sure when, it kind of hit me like, um, like, hey, I, I am a listener kind of thing. I am a potential donator. So kind of, why don't I? And then it sort of just went hazy. <laughs> hazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> So the world of Warcraft opened up again, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, hazy. Like, that's interesting. Hey. So tell me a little bit yeah. more. So, so when you had the thought, uh, oh, sorry, tell me, uh, tell me if you don't mind. I mean, so you had the thought, uh, you know, I'm a potential donator, or you know, it might be reasonable to 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 sort of return like for like. And w what was the haziness there? If you can, I mean, it's always hard to ask what's in the fog, but but sort of what was the haziness yeah. there for you? The fog was kind of like. Um, Just trying to articulate it from the 
colorful mental picture I just drew. Um, <laughs> no, I just give me the mental picture if you like. There's <laughs> no sense <laughs> to fear. Sometimes people wish they were, but there isn't. Yeah, I guess it's kind of um, when the thought of like me being a potential donator kind of crossed my mind. It's like, huh, that's interesting. Hey, look, a sunflower. Ooh, something shiny (laughs) right yeah it's like oh i must have been thinking about something before i zoned out yes (laughs) and then now was i think sorry sorry to just 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 butt in so was it that you had the thought and then there was very quickly it was substituted with another thought or did it just kind of dwindle and then your thought went elsewhere yeah i mean it kind of just not got pushed out the way, but well, yeah, pretty much just got pushed out the way by something else. Okay, so like, you as had it, the thought, as it and then appeared, it was like kaboom. There was another thought that kind of uh, took its place, right? Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, and do you have a, a sorry? And then, then what happened? Uh, it's sort of in the in the phase of this uh, of this progress. Um, it pretty much continued with me kind of mm, realizing that like I could donate and then not and feeling a bit weird about it but not going into it I remember once I asked my friend who um who introduced me to FDR kind of thing like hey you know I've got some the pusher resistance to donating kind of thing like what about you and I think he's a philosopher king so I'm like ah okay (laughs) and what did he what did he say just out of curiosity um to be honest I can't I can't really recall what he said right right but I mean, it, it wasn't like um, a pushy kind of like, hey, I'm a philosopher king, you should donate kind of thing. It was just like, <laughs> right. like a, yeah, like I've donated. So I was like, oh. And then, right, or you say, I appreciate the fact that you've, you're this philosopher king status donator. If you could wear more than a crown when we actually leave the flat, that would be great. <laughs> you know, it's a little alarming. Uh, unless, mm. you know, it's a, it's, he's got the body for it, which, you know, not everybody does. <laughs> I think it's an awesome title, though, Philosopher King. It has yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, uh, I think it's a good. <laughs> I think it's a good title. It's uh, it obviously came straight out of uh, Plato, but Plato. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, so you don't remember that conversation, and 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 then what? Uh, what was going on for you in this realm? Um, I think I lis- I I kind of listened to a lot less podcasts over time. Um, just, just through, um, lifestyle changes really and not being able to listen to them. And then like you went back into university kind of thing and you know, I mean time. Yeah. And, yeah. Right? So yeah. time kind of changed and well, I, I think that was a very wise decision. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It was really suck. You know, I went to university, kept listening to podcasts, bombed out. I mean, so yes, entirely wise, but uh, go on. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd listen to like a few things occasionally and a few true news kind of things. Um, I still haven't gone through the series in order, which is something that I want to do. But um, mainly since I've come come back home, I've listened to podcasts again, and then the like the old feeling kind of arose of like, hey, donations. And I think the 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 layout of the True News series is a lot different to the podcasts. It's kind of more coherent, structured, organized. Factual. I don't want to say professional, but <laughs> no, it is. Of. It's a little bit. Yeah, it definitely is a yeah. little bit more that way for so sure. I think, I think it kind of hit me more that it is kind of like your, it what well, is now like your your business, your kind of life, so to speak. So, the there was like a disconnect from like the the personal feelings that I had before, mm. which then, yeah, it it just made the like the donation issue stand out. All right, and, and been, then uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and then I've just been thinking, especially over the past few weeks, that I want to try and like apply more things to my life, kind of thing. Like have philosophy have more of an impact. So I kind of thought, um, rather, one of my things that I've been doing this year is um, I have a real tendency to overthink stuff, and by overthink stuff, I mean kind of stand perfectly still like stroking my beard and not doing anything so i've been trying to just dive in so that was one of the things was adding you just kind of dive in with it right okay so sort of like see see what values you can put into practice uh you know in your own kind of thing okay that makes sense yeah that makes sense um and then uh yeah and then um it kind of hit me once i added you it's like oh yeah kind of the, like the show has been like of immense value to me. Like trying to articulate its value seems kind of 
well, extremely hard. Like I, I wouldn't even know how to articulate it. But then then the donation side hit me like if it like if it's of such high value, why haven't I donated? And the I don't know if it's right to call it a contradiction, but that kind of that kind of conflict just kind of arose in my mind, like with more focus than before, like as an actual issue rather than like a huh and dismiss it. Right, right, right. Okay. And um, I know you've just said that you couldn't or wouldn't put it into words, but if you could try, uh, not anything to do with sort of my ego, but just it's I'm always curious about. Because, I mean, uh, ideas are, you know, far-reaching, deep, powerful, <laughs> and uh, alarming yeah. at times, I'm sure. So what, uh, in, in terms of the value, right? Because I, th I think if the value is sort of explicated to the self, then the action, I think, of supporting or donating or whatever. And, of course, you know, I know broadcast students have been there myself. It doesn't have to be money. <laughs> it could be time or, you know, just even just, you know, I suggested it to 10 people. It's an interesting thing or whatever. Right? It doesn't have to be anything to do with money. But um, or, you know, writing a review somewhere or, you know, it could be anything that that is, is yeah. supportive of, of this, this conversation. But uh, uh, tell, tell me if you if you don't mind taking a swing at it, sort of the, the value or the, the, the use that the, the show has brought uh, to uh, to your life over the past uh, year. Um, I don't suppose you've read a book called Flowers for Algernon. Mm -hmm. I have. I actually, I um, read it uh, in in uh, in school. It's one of the books that I'm reading at the moment, and um, that's this is probably something to do with it. I've I've been feeling really strongly about the book when I read it. How so? Um, I I find myself empathising a lot with um, is it Charlie Gordon I think mm -hmm. his name is the main character. Um, I kind of in terms of like FDR's value to my to my life I kind of feel that um, like FDR was kind of like the operation that he went through. And sorry, in, uh, you have you finished the book? You're still reading it? Um, yeah, I'm still reading it. I, okay, I won't give anything away, but because okay. you're still reading it. But uh, for those who don't know, uh, this is a book that was written I think in the 70s. Uh, and um, or maybe the late sixties, and it's about a uh, a retarded man who undergoes an operation that gives him a, a a brilliant mind. I mean, he doesn't even go to average intelligence. If it's been like thirty years since I read the book or whatever, right? But yeah. um, uh, he he becomes a, a genius, if I remember rightly. Uh, and yeah. I won't give anything further away about the book. Uh, but uh, that's uh, so you feel that there's a kind of that philosophy is kind of kind of like an operation that has. Uh, uh, brought your mind to a, a vivid kind of life is that a fair to say i don't again i want to put words in your mouth but yeah i mean i feel kind of like yeah philosophy's just elevated my kind of thoughts and perceptions of my life and the people around me and it sounds weird to say it's kind of like put me in a new state of awareness but that's pretty much how i feel and um, why uh why does it sound weird to say it i don't know it just has the I mean, I know that British people are not supposed to be enthusiastic, right? Uh, so, because <laughs> right? enthusiasm, we all know what happened the last time England got enthusiastic was you all ended up owning like a third of the world, right? With the empire. Yeah. So enthusiasm <laughs> is, is a risky thing. You know, it's like a German losing his temper. Enthusiasm is dangerous for the world from the British people. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I know, I think, I think it's interesting because you said that a number of times where you said, you know, there's, there's been a great impact. Uh, and of course, I mean, the impact is, isn't me or even fundamentally the show. It's right. It's philosophy itself and, and not even in the way that I talk about it, but just working from first principles as uh, as a uh, as a methodology. Right. So um, and you said, well, it sounds weird to say and, and so on. And I, I think that it is in that sounds weird to say phrase that you've used a bunch of times that the resistance to donation uh, is and again, this has nothing to do with ten bucks a month or twenty bucks a month. I, I mean, I could care less about that in terms of this conversation. Yeah. But I think that it's important that that distance that you take, at least when you communicate to me, the distance that you take from the impact that philosophies had in, in your life. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So, what is uh, uh, um, 
you know, and of course I'm, I'm no psychologist or therapist, but to me, uh, you know, feelings and thoughts are really, really important when it comes to, to, to understanding how we can live with integrity. And, and please, of course, I am not accusing you or in, implying that you're not living with integrity. But um, uh, if you were to say, you know, this, this philo- uh, philosophy has had this huge impact and, you know, I've been listening to these podcasts and it's revolutionized my thinking and so on. If you were to state that with some kind of enthusiasm or the enthusiasm, which I think the words themselves would necessitate, um, yeah. what, what feeling would arise for you in that? Because, uh, and I know yeah, you, you tell me, because I, I mean, I have some thoughts, but <laughs> they're your feelings. I mean... When when I think about saying that, I think of um, other people's reactions to it. That's my kind of first thought. And what are those reactions? Mm, the kind of um, like sarcastic, disbelieving hostility. Right. Okay. So you say I'm really into this philosophy podcast on the web and it's, you know, it's really revolutionary thinking. And do, do, I mean, is it like you're, you're saying, come with me to the Amway meeting, you're going to make a fortune or, you know, Scientology is the way to go, or I'm about to shave my head and, and live in a bedsheet down by the airport begging for change. Uh, I mean, <laughs> is it that you feel that that level of enthusiasm is going to be greeted with some like there's there's something seriously wrong with your brain for having that enthusiasm or or that kind of stuff. I kind of feel like, in a sense, I'd implicitly be saying, mm, like, if I'm basically saying that you know, before philosophy I was blind and now I can see, then I'm kind of implicitly saying you're blind because you haven't had philosophy. That's that's the kind of yeah thought slash feeling i'm not sure right no no i mean there there is um it's it's not really an implicit criticism uh of the other person right i mean but but there is that element that can be taken out of it right yeah that's interesting i mean this is this is one of the challenges of uh uh, any philosophical movement uh, which is you know (laughs) christians don't seem to have much problem with (laughs) <laughs> Eyes are glowing. I found Jesus. Don't be damned, right? You, yeah. you know, like they, they, they Christians uh, don't seem to have a lot of problems with that. You know, shining-eyed, grip the crucifix enthusiasm for their gods and their devils, right? Yes. Yeah. But philosophy uh, is is tougher. It's, it's, it's philosophers or people who are into philosophy is much much tougher. Uh, to 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 get that kind of enthusiasm, I, and I think to some degree we do we do associate that kind of enthusiasm for for things to be the mark of an immature or credulous or easily led astray kind of intellect. Yeah, you know, because we want to be skeptical, we want to be distant, we want to be critical. I think those things are all very good. I don't think at the expense of enthusiasm um, in the long run, but I think. That I mean, is that your association? Maybe that's just mine, where you just think those people who just get so gung-ho over particular things. I just associate them more with, with credulous religious people or whatever, or people who do end yeah, up... Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's the same table. here. I mean, when I hear them, it's kind of just, I guess, annoying on a on a base level. Right. Have you found Jesus yet? You know, I don't know. Was he missing? Did you check under the bed? Did you check? You know, I, did you check the last place you left him? Because uh, that's, you know, <laughs> it's your pocket. <laughs> scenes you wore last night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, so uh, and now have uh, uh, is that an experience that you've had with regards to uh, enthusiasms that you've had as an adult, whether it's for philosophy or for other things? Uh, have you had that experience where you actually have expressed the enthusiasm and you've received those kinds of eye-rolling skepticisms? Uh, or is that something that you either have an experience or an experience when you were younger still? Um, I think there has been a degree of that. The kind of... I guess, just to try and try and separate it in some kind of way, the things which are kind of binding on them I find I get the hostility but the things which aren't I don't find hostility there the things that are binding on others you mean yeah so just to use a 
possibly bad example. Um, I I play Warhammer and well started playing it again, and I've been painting some stuff. So I mean, I wouldn't feel the same kind of odd feelings if I said you know like I've learned some really amazing painting techniques which have like fundamentally altered the way I paint kind of thing, and now I think my painting skills are pretty good. Like I wouldn't right because feel... other people don't feel that they have to change their lives because of your newfound yeah. painting mojo, right? Okay. Yeah. Whereas if I was to say something similar, like as like you know about like philosophy and actually being able to think and express my feelings, then then yeah, I think the hostility would be there. Well, the hostility has been there. Right, right. Because when you sort of talk about truth and integrity and virtue and courage and right, then it's uh, there is in a sense an implicit obligation and criticism both of your your own self. Uh, uh, in the past, and of course, to some degree in the present, as we all we never lived up to our ideals as much as we uh, as those ideals could be conceivably lived. Right? I mean, <laughs> nobody's Howard Rock or John Galt, if that means anything to you. But yeah. um, uh, so so there is an but there is there is much more of an implicit criticism when you say I have discovered uh, uh, you know some a, a great way to live philosophical principles I have a, you know a reasonable proof of ethics and and uh, you know this kind of non-aggression principle and all that, all those kinds of goodies then there yeah there is that that kind of thing that you kind of blarp out there in the room like a hairball which is that you know if you don't know philosophy you can't really be that good right in in the same way, if you don't if you don't know nutrition, you can't really eat that well because you'll just eat what tastes good and whatever, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. It is it is a very touchy, touchy, touchy thing. It is a very mm. touchy thing because philosophy has something that religion doesn't, which makes it that much harder to spread. Which is why religion tends to win, right? Because if if someone comes up to you, you know, and 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 you know, clutching their Bible and their copy of the Watchman and says. You know, God loves you. Uh, have you found Jesus? Don't be damned. Blah blah blah. Right? We can just dismiss the whole thing, right? Because we can yeah. just say, well, <laughs> that's just all nuts, right? Yeah. But but philosophy doesn't have that out for the skeptic, right? Because philosophy is about skepticism. Philosophy is that bit which says <laughs> we can throw out the religion, right? Mm. So if someone comes up and says, I have proof of virtue i have a, a a a rational methodology for for living well and 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 living virtuously it's much more challenging for people than come worship cthulhu the spider god or something because right? then you can just say well there's no spider gods uh and so that's all nonsense but you can't say that with philosophy what you have to do because people who are skeptical and can dismiss religion like to say i'm bound by reason and evidence, right? And so they kind of don't want to know about philosophy because if philosophy does turn out to be, if, if a philosophical argument does turn out to be sound and true and good, then they're kind of fucked, right? Because <laughs> they, they can't just throw it all out without saying, I basically want to go and worship some spider god because I'm getting rid of reason and evidence, right? Yeah. Right. And that, yeah, that's why it's, it's hard to grow. Uh, it's hard to grow philosophy, right? Mm. Um, and of course, uh, I think about 90% of people in religions give to religion and about 1% of FDR listeners give to philosophy, you know, and maybe they give to other philosophical shows. I don't know, but, um, but it's, you know, the ratio is, is, is tougher and, and that's okay. I mean, that's actually good news for me, right? Cause otherwise it would make no sense why philosophy has had its ass thoroughly kicked for about 10,000, right? So uh, at least we have the technology to change that. So anyway, sorry, just going off on a sort of minor tangent, but I, I certainly do appreciate the, the challenge that you face, that, that I face. I mean, you should see my inbox, right? And uh, uh, um, so it is, it is a real challenge to, to spread uh, truth and virtue because there is this volatility that is so difficult to, to, oh, it's impossible to overcome. Uh, people are either excited by the possibility of living a wise and rational and philosophical life, or they're hugely resentful because they know they can't toss it out as superstitious, but they also don't want to be bound by its conclusions, right? So yeah. it is a, uh, it, you know, I really feel for you. It is a, it is a beaten up missionary position, so, so to speak, <laughs> and not in the way that we like. So, uh, so anyway, I just wanted to sort of point that out that, that you're not alone, and I think your experience is entirely 
uh, common. And uh, it's actually a, a kind of really good news, in my opinion. Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if philosophy was easy to spread and had never succeeded, we'd, we'd all give up, right? Because <laughs> then it would make no sense, right? Okay, so sorry, to get back to, get back to you, hey, look at tangent, to, to get back to, uh, to the core thing that you were talking about, was it, so when you would think of, of donating, you'd say, well, I don't necessarily want to go and talk to people enthusiastically about philosophy and, and you know, this philosophical resource. Was it then that, um, uh, when you would then think of donating, which obviously lets me do the heavy lifting of proselytizing and, you know, talking to people about philosophy who haven't necessarily heard of it in the way that we talk about it here before, there was still a resistance, right? So it's like, well, I don't want to go out into the crowd because I'm going to get stoned and I don't want to give a couple of ducats to Steph because, because why, right? So where, where was that particular uh, block that, that do, do you think? Mm. I think part of it's to do with the the actual kind of values and thoughts themselves. I think if... Ah, it's like mid-sentence and then stop. <laughs> I think if if I was to donate, then it would make the whole kind of process more real. It would make the kind of... Um, the, the changes, thoughts and feelings and kind of principles more kind of real and binding on my own life. Right, because that, that is a tangible and objective action, right? Yeah. Right. And obviously it's, it's, not, it's not a big one, but that first step is a doozy, right? Yeah. I guess in a way it's kind of like committing to it. So at the moment it's kind of like, mm, like yeah, this is good, this is great, this is helpful. Um, like I'm not by any standards like a kind of you know, perfect being who lives by the book, so to speak, even though that's like a really bad religious metaphor. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 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 And, and but, nobody um, is, right? We're, we, we only try to, uh, to excel in the methodology as best we can, but there's certainly no such yeah. thing as perfect action, right? Yeah. The same way there's no such thing as a perfect diet, right? I mean, it's all relative to some circumstances and, and needs and so on, but there are still principles that you have to kind of work with as a dietitian. Yeah. Okay. So, so, because it, it, it is going from uh, input to output, from theory to practice, right? Yeah. Right. I think a really bad metaphor just popped into my head. It's kind of um, like walking into a bookshop. And um, like if you frequently go into a bookshop and kind of read through a dieting book, then <laughs> you can be like, yeah, that's great. And then if you, like, if you actually buy the diet book, then... Like it changes your approach to the whole process, right? So then it it sort of goes um, into sort of into a project plan in a way, right? Mm. Right. I mean, you're still not at the gross. You're still not throwing out all your junk food and going to the, the health food store or whatever, right? But but you're you're taking a pretty significant step, which is saying because you're now investing something in the the diet idea, right? Yeah. And in a way, uh, it's it's even more different than that because. Um, well, forget it. No, the metaphor is fine. I was going to say, well, you don't actually have to walk anywhere to listen to a podcast, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think that was just nitpicking. I think you're, I think you're entirely right. There is a Rubicon, right, so to speak, that you have to cross when you go from consumer to participant, right, in, in whatever form. And some people, for some people, that's coming to the board, or for some people, that's, it's donating. For some people, it's simply, you know, doing the most terrifying thing and, and sort of having honest conversations with those people in their lives about what is actually really important to them if they're not in the habit of having those conversations already. And some people are, but most people tend not to be right. So, um, so, okay. So it's, it's, is it like you feel like, okay, well, this is, this is a step and I kind of can't go back. Right. Cause if I go back, that's also a step, right? So let's say I sign up for, I don't know, 10 bucks a month or whatever. Right. And then after one month I cancel it. Right. Well, I'm only out 10 bucks, right? Which for 800 podcasts is, uh, you know, it's pretty commercial free. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. But that those are then two decisions, right? One is to, to subscribe, <clears throat> excuse me. And then the second is to unsubscribe, right? Mm. And, yeah. and those, those both have pretty important ramifications, obviously not, not in terms of anything to do with FDR, but in terms of, of to do with, with you and the tangible practicality of, yeah. of the values, right? I guess that's the thing. If if I did kind of sign up to FDR, then 
just for me personally, the only way that I'd be able to kind of unsign up to FDR, unsign up, I don't even know if that's one, but um, to cancel subscription that you get, yeah. would be to kind of disprove the ideas. And as I think the ideas are kind of, well, logically sound, then there would be no reason to unsubscribe. Like right. the, the only reason right. to unsubscribe would be kind of personal rather than, which I would see as a personal failing rather than um, like objective reasoning. Right, right. So it, it really is, in a sense, to donate is to say that at least at the moment I accept the methodology and a reasonable number of the conclusions, right? I certainly would never imagine that all of my conclusions are valid, heaven forbid, right? But the methodology of reason and evidence obviously can't really be controversial among any intelligent people, right? Yeah. Right. Right. So it'd be like, okay, so there's, re there, there's reason and there's evidence, which I accept. And the guy's done a pretty good job of, of hacking at some pretty thorny problems with reason and evidence. I'm sure he hasn't got everything perfect, but it's a pretty inspiring example of <laughs> diving headfirst into the den of lions, right? Armed with nothing but, but uh, a rapier-like wit. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so, so there is, you know, that edifying spectacle of just watching some guy crash into his opponents over and over, uh, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. But uh, this, this, so you're saying that there, it, that would be to say that there is something uh, of real intangible value, and to, to start to take action, uh, action in it. All right. Mm. Okay. Can I ask you another question? I really, really appreciate your time. I don't want to keep you up all night because I know we're in different time zones. But uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right. Is there, um, I mean, as, as you know, as you've heard me bleat on and on, I mean, I think we're all, we're all philosophers and we're all geniuses. And we all know the consequences of, you know, taking the path, right? <laughs> the path, uh, the path of, of uh, you know, committing to, to real honesty with people around us, to, you know, the real-time relationship, if that means anything to you. The, the, you know, the real-time relationship is just, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a $20 word for honesty, right? It's just something that yeah. honesty like doesn't how you feel, what you feel it. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, so, so if you were to take a guess that if tomorrow you were to, you know, bound out of bed uh, and say, right, today, and I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, right? I'm just, if you were to bound out of bed tomorrow and say, okay, this is the day where uh, I apply the the core virtue that I have the most control over, which is honesty, right? I can't stop the war in Iraq. I can't uh, free uh, uh, unjustly imprisoned people around the world. But I do have control over the value of, uh, of, of honesty, right? So to say to people, uh, I've wanted to talk to you about my enthusiasm for philosophy and, you know, give you a resource that I found to be really, really amazing to, to help me in, in bringing this part of my brain to life, which is a very important part of my brain. But I've been scared too for the last year, and I've been doing this. And you know, if you were to have that kind of honesty uh, and were to commit to it um, in your life forever, right? And again, I'm not saying this is the plan. I'm just saying if if you were to do that, um, yeah. what uh, what would be left standing uh, a, a month or two later? A lot less, <laughs> right? Mm. I guess that's part of the thing. I mean, taking. I guess there's only so many small steps you can take before much bigger things need to change. That's a, that's a very good way of putting it. I guess I'm kind of at the cusp of that area now. I mean, there's there's a, there's some big changes that I've made to my life, but there's a few, well, a lot, <laughs> that I kind of haven't touched upon. Right. And again, you know, you're not alone in that, right? I mean, that's, it's all of yeah. us, right? It's all of us, so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm maybe, maybe three steps ahead sometimes and sometimes not. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, right. Okay. And, and what I find has, has arisen with, with some people and, and, you know, maybe this is the case for you and maybe it's not, just tell me if it's not, is that at, at that moment or, or, and I don't mean at the moment of, of, of committing to to the sort of real honesty or whatever, but but at the moment where that arises as a possibility, what a lot of people seem to feel, and I really really understand this. I shouldn't laugh because because it is not funny, but but I really do understand it. What a lot of people feel is resentment towards what the 
towards the show, towards philosophy, towards having ever stumbled across this accursed site to, you know, whatever, to, to Steve Jobs for inventing the iPod. I don't know, right? To the guys who came up with the internet, to the guys who figured out MP3s, whatever, right? <laughs> they just uh, people feel resentment because it's like, yeah. damn it, if I'd never come across this, I, I would never be faced with this choice. Mm. Right? Because... As you say, it's, you know, to, to dabble, to listen, to absorb, to think, this is all are essential things, right? Yeah. But then to actually do provokes, and again, I'm not saying this is the case for you, I'm just, this is what I've heard before, provokes resentment, in, and it certainly did in me, because, I, mean, uh, I mean, I studied objectivism for many, many years, and when I finally yeah. got that, I just was not living the values in any fundamental way i shouldn't say that that's that's too harsh i was living them in certain spheres in the in my relations with my employees and in my relations with some of my friends i was living with with a fair degree of integrity but it's a really really core areas romantic and and other areas i just wasn't and familial and yeah. i felt i felt real resentment uh, in in that moment of you know, I either have to give up the values or I got to do them. Why? Because I'm in my 30s. What am I going to do? Wait until I'm three days away from my death to suddenly live with integrity? Well, what the hell's the point of that, right? I mean, it's just a life of, of dis disconnectedness then, right? So I thought, okay, I either have to give up the virtues or give up the values. And I couldn't do that unless, I, as you say, I could find a flaw in them. Because otherwise, I'd be giving up rationality, which would be very humiliating to me. Consciously humiliating. Yeah. So I either had to find a flaw or I had to... To live, and and that, at that moment, I, uh, I felt real. I felt really resentful. Uh, what do you mean? I gotta actually live this shit, right? I don't want to be a pirate, right? I don't want to be uh, that person, right? And and but unfortunately, the, the virus is in, right? The virus yeah. of philosophy is in, and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't dislodge it. Mm. I mean, I have I had some similar experiences myself. I mean, one of the I, I kind of had the, the the feeling of resentment, but also a great feeling of joy and happiness because um, one of the relationships in my life was um, my relationship with my father, which I just wasn't happy with. And through FDR, I kind of acted on it, like basically acted on my unhappiness and how I felt. So it kind of kind of catapulted me into action. So I was like, hey, yeah, awesome kind of thing. So I felt empowered. And then kind of afterwards it's like cool looking at other stuff it's like ah oh, crap kind of thing like I've, I've taken positive action in in one area and then you look at everything else and that's when for me that was when i think the sort of resentment kicked in right 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 Right. It's like every, you know, you, you think you're at a party full of really sexy people and then someone flips the light on and it's like, <laughs> right? and it's like, I'm really mad, not at the ugliness around me, but at the person who flipped the light on, right? <laughs> which I understand, right? I mean, I, I do because certainly not me flipping on the light. That's just, you know, reason and evidence, right? But and it's not, again, it's yeah. not to say that everyone's ugly, right? But, but uh, I certainly do, do understand that. And I think that that is also tied into you know the, the the question of uh, of of donating because it really is to me and and I, this is not to, for me to bitch about donations or whatever right but but it really is amazing to me sort of fundamentally when you think about it that people complain hugely and libertarians and objectivists and and minarchists and anarchists and and philosophically minded people complain hugely about the irrationality of of the world right and and they wish the world were, were saner they wish the world were freer they wish the world wasn't full of so much superstition and bigotry and patriotism and ignorance and tribalism and you know they just they complain and they spend a huge amount of time complaining about it and i know because i do too right so i mean it's, it's, you know i'm not i'm not saying i'm above that fray but but they really do right and then you know, for, for better or for worse, out of the the wilderness of of the colony Canada has arisen a guy with a weird ability to interest people in philosophy and and with some pretty original and compelling arguments about a variety of pretty thorny philosophical problems that have plagued and paralyzed, in my mind, the discipline for, for way too long. And, I mean, the, of course... It's not because I'm such a smart guy, but because the, the technology is, is, is available for the first time that can make this kind of stuff uh, uh, available to people um, and, you know, in a way that's never been before. 
And, and so, so someone has come up who can get 100,000 people really interested in philosophy. And that's, that's an amazing thing. Uh, and, and again, it, it, this is not, not to put the spotlight on me because it really is. It's the listeners. It's, it's the donators. It's the people who post on the board. It's, the, it's everyone, right, who's, who's been involved in this that's made this show, I think, so, so good. But uh, all of these people, like, oh, the man, the, 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 the war, the, 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 the torture, the, 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 the religious nuts, and the, you know, oh, there's so much craziness in the world. It's like, well, here's someone who's willing to throw up his whole career and, and you know, talk passionately about truth and reason and evidence in a way that's really compelling to people. And it's the biggest philosophy show on the web, and it's really making some amazing headway in the world. And we know that because people get really pissed off at it. And, and, and the right people get pissed off at it, which is to say the wrong people. And, uh, and, 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 and you could do a lot to help this for 20 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or, you know, 100 yeah. bucks or whatever, right? And people are like, well... I don't, you know, <laughs> let's not get crazy. Yeah. Here. It's true that I really don't like the level of irrationality in the world. And it's true that there is this guy who can get people interested in, in philosophy with the help of his listeners and the conversation participants and so on. That is all true. But, you know, we're talking 10 bucks a month. We're 20 bucks a month. That's like a, that's like a coffee every two days, right? And, 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 and if you, yeah. you know, that, that to me is, is, is crazy. Like, uh, uh, the, I, I, I still am looking for the day when the donations make up as much as I've given up in salary, right? Even the gap, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is, uh, and, and, and that's the reason that I'm fascinated. And, and the reason that I'm fascinated by people's resistance to donations it's because, not because they should donate to me. I mean, if there's a better philosophical resource out there that, that is getting more people interested in philosophy and has better arguments for ethics and, and, and uh, for uh, a, a nonviolent society and, you know, whatever it is. If there's someone out there who's doing a way better job, hell, tell me, I'll go work for them and, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll type, I'll type yeah. the letters if, if, that's, if that's what it takes, right? I'll go work for them and let's all donate to that person. But I don't know that there is someone else out there that people are looking to donate to or help out to, to spread reason in, in the world, right? So people decry so much the lack of reason in the world. But then when it comes to 10 bucks a month or whatever, they're like, well, you know, <laughs> What is a, a, a slightly more reasonable world worth uh, to me? Well, it's less than 10 bucks a month. <laughs> but compare that to obviously the moral problems of irrationality and the, the legal and uh, force problems of, of immorality. And also compare that to the amount of time that libertarians and objectivists and other forms of freedom lovers, the amount of time they spend complaining about the lack of reason in the world. It is an equation that just does not balance even remotely in, in my mind, right? And I know that it's it's a difficult thing for me to talk about because it sounds like I'm just saying, here's a big convoluted argument for you to give me more money. <laughs> and I don't mean that at all. Like it, it is a genuine disconnect that I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> and that's why I really do appreciate uh, your conversation in this area. I mean, I find the same thing. I mean, one of the things that really kind of grates on me is prisons. I mean, I mean, if... If of, of everything in the world, kind of prisons get to me the most, and I'm I'm frequently to be heard complaining about prisons whenever the subject arises, and it's kind of like if there was an alternative, like if there was like a non-violent alternative to prisons, like I'd be all over it, and it's like well there is, <laughs> right? I mean certainly the stuff we talk about <laughs> here. I mean, prisons are the worst things ever, right? Obviously we want better parenting so people don't end up in prisons, but even if they do end up in prisons. It's the worst conceivable way to, to treat someone who's, been a, who's a prisoner because he was abused as a child is to abuse him as an adult. Surely that's just going to make him worse, right? Yeah. And it's that thing I've talked about before that whenever the government gets involved in something, it freezes in time. And so locking people in a dungeon and throwing away the key for a couple of years <laughs> exactly. is the same goddamn thing that happened in, in ancient um, – in uh, 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 in ancient Egypt, like six thousand years ago, we're still doing the same goddamn thing now. It's ridiculous how bad a solution it is, right? So this is something for you that's very important, and you know, obviously, <laughs> I doubt we'll live to. See, I mean, I don't know how young you are, but I certainly won't live to see a stateless society, and it seems not likely that you will either. But um, 
just because uh, Francis Bacon didn't live to see the iPod doesn't mean that he shouldn't have written down the scientific method and tried to spread it, right? Yeah. And, and I think it is, uh, I th and this is why, you know, I, I went to looking at personal relationships because that was the only thing that I could think would be uh, fundamentally could be a barrier uh, uh, towards uh, this, right? Because people can be incredibly generous, and it's not a function of stupidity. Some very intelligent Christians, uh, obviously, uh, Jews tend to be better educated and and uh, uh, perhaps more intelligent than the average. And uh, I mean, <clears throat> some Jewish uh, friends were were told, uh, I think it was two thousand dollars a year to join the synagogue for a one hour or two hour lecture a week, right? And and they're like, hey, ka-ching, here you go, right? <laughs> Here's the money, right? <laughs> And, uh, I mean, can you imagine if I said, you know, well, you know, you're going to have to donate $200 a month to get any, any podcast, right? People would just be like, fuck you, buddy, right? They forget it, right? But, 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 but people will do that for synagogues. People donate, uh, Mormons donate 10% of their income to their church. Uh, churches, I think even Christian churches in the United States get $100 billion a year in donations. Mm, so people well. can do it. Right, right. People can do it. Uh, groups can do it. But mm. philosophers or people interested in philosophy can't very well. Some can, obviously. The show is still here. <clears throat> and it is, to me, a fascinating thing. It is a fascinating thing. And I, I'm not sure that it's, it's wrong. I'm not sure that people are wrong about it at all. I really am not. I really am just, this has been a huge part of my intellectual effort over the past couple of years, is to figure out that disconnect first in myself as to why I would fundamentally even consider continuing in software when I could do something much more important and powerful and helpful to the world. But yeah, it is. It is, it is a real question as to if you believe that you know, reason and evidence and philosophy is a great value and there's someone who's crazy enough to quit his job and try and do it full time, and, you know, for a couple of bucks a month, you can really help that, but you won't. And again, I'm not talking about you, but, but the person won't. That is, it, it's a fascinating thing to explore. It is a real conundrum. Mm. So. I mean, I think yeah, it's I mean, also it's, partly because Christianity gets kids when they're young and philosophy doesn't until they're older. But sorry, you were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's still something that I find just really bizarre. Well, I guess not bizarre. I mean, the I mean, the, in terms of you know Christians and Jews giving over ridiculously large sums of money, and then kind of rational free thinkers not it's, like it, it both doesn't make sense and does make sense. It's just it's really strange. Yeah, and and I'm not saying it is ridiculously large sums at all, right? I mean, people. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. But but it is ridiculously large compared to right, and of course in politics uh, uh, there is a lot of money. The Ron Paul campaign, mm. huge amounts of uh, uh, of money uh, donated, like tens of millions of dollars donated to him, right? But 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 that's I think based on the illusion that people think that he'll make them free or whatever, right? Mm. But um, uh, yeah, I, it is it is fascinating, and I really think it has something to do with um, the, the, this step towards putting values into action is just really unsettling to people because they don't want to put the values into action and they also don't really want to fundamentally examine their resistance to putting them in action because I think that I think that does lead them to their relationships around them. That's the only thing that I think is powerful enough to cause people to act in, in an obviously inconsistent uh, manner, if that makes any sense. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I really do. Uh, uh, I really do appreciate your, your feedback on this. And again, I, I know I kept you up. Is there anything that you wanted to add? I want to keep you up all night, but is there anything that you wanted to, to add to this? Because it's been hugely helpful to me. Um, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. I've, I find it just really helpful and interesting to talk to you about this. I mean, it's something that's obviously been on and off my mind for, for like around a year in various ways. But I mean, yeah, it, it's something that I think I need to yeah, act on. Well, I wouldn't, you know, and again, this sounds like all kinds of stupid for the guy to say, I would not act on it. And uh, if I were you, I wouldn't act on it until I really understood it. Mm. I mean, that would, that would be my, uh, my, I mean, that it certainly shouldn't act on it based on a should, right? Uh, you shouldn't act on it, uh, you know, based on a, 
uh, well, to live with integrity, I guess I have to, because that's you just that's just following rules, yeah. right? And that's not the same yeah. as I think living wisely. But uh, um, did you have you ever, you know, because I'm constantly nagging people, particularly if they're interested in in that kind of real honesty in relationships. Have you ever talked to a therapist? Have you ever thought of that, or or you know, because university is a good time to do it because you can get it for free, right? Yeah, I, that's something that I was thinking on was um, going to a therapist. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned something about your dad, and we don't have to get into any details. I'm certainly happy to at another time if you want to talk about it. But, um, I, you know, I, anyone who's who's talking about bringing philosophy to, to philosophical principles into a familial situation that is not used to them or ready for them, you know, I strongly, 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 strongly urge, in fact, would like to insist but can't, uh, you know, spending some time with a, with a therapist would be just, you know, especially because you can get it for free, uh, is, which yeah. is hugely, hugely important, I think. Mm. I mean, yeah, um, I think therapy would be hugely beneficial, especially as it's free at uni. I mean... Oh, yeah, don't wait till later, man. You'll kick yourself till yeah, later. Yeah, definitely. I, I had I, mean, I had so, free dental care when I was at university, and I didn't take care of it. And then after I started working, I was like, oh, I should go to a dentist. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I should have gone when I was in university. So I just recommend that. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, I know we haven't used any names or anything that even remotely identifying. Uh, would you have any problem if I put this out as a podcast? Do you want to listen to it uh, beforehand or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine to put forward to the podcast. I mean, I found your podcast hugely useful. So, I mean, if this can help anyone else, that'd be great. All right. Well, I, I think so. And uh, I really do appreciate your time. And I hope that you... Uh, uh, can get can get some sleep now, and and, and, and thank you for taking taking me up on the call and for your your openness about this. I've really really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Uh, thanks for the conversation. Really, it's been great talking to you. A bit weird at first, but I'm more kind <laughs> right. Of relaxed now. Right, right. I, I should be falling asleep to this voice. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, um, my hands kept like trying to pick something up. It's like, wait, no, I'm I'm talking. I'm not listening. <laughs> right. Really strange. Right. Although, except for the ran the ramble tangents, which you're fully aware of. But thanks, thanks, and and do keep me posted. I mean, if you do end up, you know, talking to a therapist, I mean, just do let me know because I always like to to follow that up. If and I again strongly suggest that it's it's well worth doing. And uh, and uh, do keep me posted uh, about. Oh, you can post on the board your thoughts about it because I think that there's lots of people who are struggling with this, and it's got nothing to do with ten bucks a month. Who are just struggling with this with this challenge of, uh, uh, you know, putting the thoughts in, into action. And it is, it's a horrible thing to do in many ways. So uh, I think if you, if you were to share that with people, I think that they would uh, help it and probably would help you as well. Mm, definitely. I mean, I plan on getting more involved as, as on the board and kind of, yeah, posting more. I'm, I'm kind of like a troll at the moment and I really just want to, I think you yeah, mean lurker post. rather than troll because troll would be an entirely different yeah, type of person. Post. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thanks again. And have yourself a great, I, I guess, morning. And, and I do appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks. It's been great talking to you. So I'll keep you posted and probably right. catch you on board or something. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye.